Hello, I'm Dr. Sam Hancock of the Emerald Planet and Emerald Planet TV. We come to you on a week-to-week -week basis from Washington, D.C. in the United States as we look around the globe in 144 different nations looking for those thousand best practices, the technology, services, and products that are making a difference as we move through the 21st century. And as we have a planet of 9 billion people by 2038 and possibly 12 to 13 billion by the end of this century, how are we going to be able to take care of all these people on planet Earth? And that's what Emerald Planet's all about. We come to you looking at the solutions, the best practices from around the globe as we create the Emerald Planet. Hello, welcome to the Emerald Planet. We're making a difference as we move through the 21st century. And seeing the long-term impacts of climate change. So we're glad to have you. Thank you for being with us. Hello, I'm Dr. Sam Hancock of Emerald Planet, Emerald Planet TV. We're coming to you live from Lisbon in the country of Portugal of the Western European Union. Looking at what is going on in Portugal is very important for the world. We're at Lenec, which we'll explain in just a few minutes, which is one of the largest civil engineering and green infrastructure development organizations on planet Earth. And the reason for this is that Portugal is reaching out to the world to bring new technologies, services, and products to make a difference as we move through the 21st century. And I have a gentleman sitting right beside me as a former president of this August organization and also now is the head of Lenex Structures Department. This is Dr. Jose Manuel Catarina and thank you for being with us on Emerald thank Planet. You. Thank you also. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the history of Lenex, what it is and why it's so important. So what does Lenex stand for and why in the country of Portugal? Okay, uh, LNEC stands for helping the society for guaranteeing the safety, quality, uh, and uh, a good uh, way of dealing with important infrastructures. So LNEC is organized by the most important types of infrastructures, uh, classically dams, mm -hmm. uh, the Department of Structures deals mainly with bridges and important buildings, mm -hmm. and we also have uh, other departments for uh, infrastructures, for transport infrastructures, for hydraulics, as you have uh, seen, and other types. That means that the main issue for next since the beginning it was to help the society for dealing with the management of uh, all these types of infrastructures since the very beginning mm -hmm. in the design phase during the life of the infrastructure Th that means guaranteeing the good behavior the, the good uh, surveying of such infrastructures until the end when we need to uh, replace such mm -hmm. uh, an infrastructure by anyone. Now looking at this, this is something that you've uh, started on dams, you've done many of these as far as Portugal is concerned, but also many of the the nations that are Portuguese speaking yes. on the African continent, uh, the subcontinent in Asia. And so looking at the, the nature of dams as a green infrastructure, mm -hmm. why is the, such a energy source so important on planet Earth as we move through the 21st century? Dams is uh, a good solution in order to provide uh, energy which is renewable. Uh, so we uh, deal with dams mm -hmm. in different aspects. That means uh, one way in that uh, kind of uh, solution for producing energy uh, and also for other uh, impacts of uh, these infrastructures for other uses of this kind of uh, uh, solution uh, for uh, agriculture or for uh, using the water mm -hmm. for uh, all the uh, good uses uh, of uh, this important resource and uh, for us it is uh, very important to guarantee the safety of this infrastructure mm -hmm. and that's why maybe in Portugal, you don't find any important issues uh, about the unsafety of things, mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. you may 
see in other countries. I find it very uh, interesting that you know you have a small population base. Portugal, relative in size, is small, mm -hmm. but yet you have a a huge outreach as far as not only the Portuguese-speaking world, yes. but also throughout the European Union, and increasingly so into China and Russia, mm -hmm. many very large dynamic societies. Mm -hmm. What is so unique and special about Portugal that allows it to reach way beyond its borders to have and share its expertise and the mm -hmm. research and development that you're creating through an institution such as LENEC? Okay, so as you said, we have uh, a direct collaboration with Portuguese-speaking countries in Africa, mm -hmm. because since the very beginning uh, uh, and before the independence of those countries, so we settled uh, also laboratories in those countries, uh, in Angola, Mozambique, Cabo Verde, and so. And this is a way in order to help such countries in uh, dealing with important infrastructures, mm -hmm. and uh, we try when we have new projects in those countries, we always try to involve these laboratories in order to, to work uh, together with them. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a, a laboratory, and we still have a participation in a civil engineering laboratory in Macau. Mm -hmm. uh, which is now in China. Which is not in China, but uh, uh, LNEC uh, owns uh, a part of that uh, laboratory uh, together with the government of the region of uh, Macau. Mm -hmm. And that I, I'm also speaking about that because I lived there for uh, five years and I know mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. that uh, situation. Uh, I could say that uh, the Portuguese <coughs> people in general uh, are, are very friendly with uh, different types of culture and they can adapt and then can uh, collaborate with them mm -hmm. without, uh, I can say, in the same level, mm -hmm. uh, without showing that we are uh, better than them. So we are, in general, able to have a good relationship with the very different types of culture. Mm -hmm. And that uh, is a part of our uh, blood, so I yeah. can say that. That maybe explains which, uh, what we have done and why it is possible. So we also have collaborations in north of Africa, mm -hmm. in Algeria, for example. So other culture totally different, but we have uh, the ability to 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 have a, a good relation with them. Yeah, and also you work with India because of yes, Goa, of course. Uh, you know, Goa, as a also, yes. a former That's colony. I've been there example. several different times. Yeah. But looking at the aspect as far as the publishing of your research. Mm -hmm. uh, many nations are very insular as far as the the research they're doing and they look at it their own proprietary information. Mm -hmm. But yet there seems to be something special about the people that I've met, you know, from Lenec and from Portugal itself, is that in essence you're almost giving it to the yes. world. Mm -hmm. And is that something that's unique to Portuguese nature or because you're a small nation you believe this is a way you can give something to the world that's unique and special. Yes, uh, I agree with you. So we always invested a lot in publishing and uh, in the areas where, where I know better in the structures and design of structures, we always had the ability to publish uh, simple rules for design of special structures. Mm -hmm. We always uh, invested a lot in the the preparation of standards and the codes of practice so that uh, uh, we can help our designers to do correctly uh, the design and to use uh, the good solutions in order to have more sustainable solutions for design of structures. Mm -hmm. We have a very good relation with uh, European countries in that area in the preparation of uh, European standards for design of structures. And that is also because uh, we had a former director who was Ferry Borges, who was internationally a very good expert in safety of structures. Mm -hmm. And in considering uh, uh, the safety, not only because uh, we like to be safe, but because safety is also an economical problem we 
try to have safety in order to reduce the cost, mm -hmm. the global mm -hmm. cost associated now, with the life uh, of mm -hmm. all the structures. Now, looking at uh, dams, uh, transportation systems, which are you know roads, ports, uh, you know uh, airports, you know many different types of transportation and shipping systems. Uh, this is something also you've really focused on as a nation and through Lenec itself. Mm -hmm. So looking at the, the standards that you're now talking about, how are you actually uh, aiding and uh, sponsoring mm -hmm. new standards as there's more and more urbanization, uh, there's more traffic uh, mm -hmm. and demands as far as transportation systems are concerned? How are you working with because you're doing it beyond just the European Union. You're working mm -hmm. with the United States. You're working with the countries, again, going to Russia, China, mm -hmm. even South Africa, mm -hmm. Brazil. So how are you helping these nations to come to the really the standards that you've, you're practicing in Portugal? Yes, but uh, in Portugal, uh, as we entered the, the European Union, and even before that, we work in the frame of the European uh, standards. Mm -hmm. that, uh, that means, but European standards, uh, mainly in this area of, uh, of uh, the design of structures, are not so different from uh, other standards, uh, maybe in the States or mm -hmm. in, uh, in Asia. Mm -hmm. So there, there, are, there is a quite uniform way of dealing with this matter. So, so engineering can, is engineering principles yes, regardless of what world, country? It's more like global. So right. Of course, uh, the, each country can adapt a little bit to have uh, uh, national rules. Mm -hmm. So in, in what concerns safety, so it is accepted that each country can have uh, different safety coefficients. For example, that is a political decision, mm -hmm. not only mm -hmm. technical. But the frame is the same. And I can say that the frame is uh, very uh, similar in uh, all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, when uh, that is more applied to design, that is the, the choice of solutions, and uh, every day we, have, uh, we are introducing rules in uh, all those standards in order to impose the comparison of different solutions in order that we can choose the best ones in terms of sustainability. Yeah. It's not only to design a safe structure, it's to, to design the best uh, uh, solution for uh, considering all aspects. Uh, Katarina, uh, looking at LENEC, what do you see for the growth and expansion of this organization over the next 5, 10 or 15 years? Okay, we have an important issue with the safety for all the south region of uh, Europe concerning the safety against earthquakes. So we have a lot of old uh, structures and we must deal with them because we are afraid of having another earthquake. Yeah, I tell you, this whole thing of earthquakes and the impact is all over the globe. Thank you for being with us. Thank, Thank you, you for also. being with us on the Emerald Planet TV as we look at Lisbon and Portugal and the impact it's having on the natural and the engineered world. Thank you very much. Dr. Sam Hancock of Emerald Planet, Emerald Planet TV. We're coming to you live from Lisbon and Portugal of Western Europe. We're looking at the organization called LENEC, and we're going to describe that for you. But looking at the aspect as far as the green infrastructure and the difference this institution is making not only for Portugal, but across the European Union and around the globe. Someone sitting right beside me, Dr. Teresa Letal, is in Hydraulics and Environmental Department at LENEC. She's looking at the, the intersection between the environment, hydraulics, water, and what that really means for the future of Portugal. And Dr. Letal, welcome to the Emerald Planet TV. My pleasure to be here. Thank and you for And if you don't mind, I'm going to call you Teresa. 
Yes, of course. My pleasure. Looking at Lenec, describe what is Lenec and the importance of it, and then let's talk about your Department of Hydraulics and Environmental Quality. Well, Lenec is a state department, is a state laboratory that is helping the government in several issues concerning civil engineering and the environment. Uh, the department in which I'm working is the hydraulics and environmental department and is taking care of the water cycle as a whole. So harbors, estuaries, surface, groundwater, and also sewage water. Now looking at the whole topic of water, many people think that we just provide better water and that's going to take care of the issue. And that's, but there's about 3.5 billion people around the globe that have no access to wastewater treatment. So looking at the standpoint of wastewater treatment, and then we're going to get into what is called new water, mm -hmm. why is that so critically important as we move through the 21st century? Yeah, the existence of water, we have the water cycle. So the amount, the quantity of water is something that is stable uh, around the globe. You can have areas with more water, some with less water, but the volume of water is somehow the same. Uh, we need to transfer from uh, some areas to others. The issue of quality is something that needs more care in the sense that we need to take care of our watersheds because what is our behavior within the watershed controls the quality of water, where we place our factories, where we do our agriculture, how we uh, reject our sewage to the nature again. And it is very important to take care of these policies because if we have healthy watersheds, we have healthy water. And with healthy water on the nature itself, we help not only ourselves, but the ecosystems that depend on water. Looking at watershed, this is something very important. We've talked about this before on Emerald Planet, but let's define again for our international and domestic audiences, what is a watershed? Yeah, a watershed is a place where all water that falls in that place comes to the same big stream. So in this sense, any activity that is within that watershed that is uh, ge geographically defined uh, can have impact in the surface and groundwater that is within that area, in a simple term. Well, that's a, a very good explanation. Now look at the juxtaposition as far as uh, drinking water, potable water, and wastewater. How are we as an urbanizing world, as an urbanizing Portugal, need to deal and really focus on how do we protect the potable water, the drinking water, and how do we take care of this wastewater so that we're not really getting rid of it as a waste, but actually it's being repurposed for future use as what now is being called new water. Yes, w one of the issues that our planet needs to take into consideration is recycling and water is not out of it. In the sense that we are using the water in our homes, for instance, and we reject this water. And it is very important that we take care of this water to be able to use again. And one of the issues that we are studying here in, the, in LNEC, it's the reuse of water, for instance, uh, treated wastewater, to input this water again into the system by uh, recharge of water, so manage aquifer recharge through the project, through the process of infiltrating this water in, um, in ponds, we can put their soils that have the ability to uh, remove contaminants from the water, for instance, treated wastewater. On the other position, we can also, for instance, use water from floods. We, we know that climate change is going to impose more frequent floods and droughts at the same time. And it is important that we use the water that is in excess on these floods in order to inject in the aquifer, which is a natural system that uh, maintains the water there. It avoids evaporation mm -hmm. because it's not on the surface. And in the process, we increase the improve the quality of the water itself by natural process, such as biorehabilitation and uh, uh, natural retention of adsorption to the particles of pollutants to the soil itself. So it is a, a very interesting solution made with nature, so nature-based solutions that recycles water through uh, and, and uh, copes with climate change differences. Mm -hmm. Now looking at this, many people think of uh, wastewater treatment as something that's very mechanical, 
you know, goes through a pipe somewhere, it disappears, we've gotten rid of it, and then it's going as processed. But you're talking about something that where you want to have the wastewater going back into the natural environment and dealing with it in a much more balanced, natural way to, in essence, recharge the environment itself. Yeah. Why do you, through your research at Lenec, why are you moving in that direction away from just purely mechanical processing of wastewater into this more natural process? Yeah, th there are two big motives for this. A first motive is that uh, the typical treatment, as you say, is like a process that everybody is doing everywhere. It exists, like ozonation, etc., and it's it's uh, prepared to remove nutrients, heavy metals, uh, organics. But we we are not sure, or we think that uh, in most of the um, the wastewater treatment plants. The pharmaceuticals, for instance, they stay in the water. Mm -hmm. And when we reject this water, you can have consequences. There are some studies in which you see before and after the city the quality of a river, and you have changes in the fish, for instance, reproducibility due to the um, uh, contraceptives that uh, women take. Mm -hmm. And uh, so our idea through this is on one side to do other things that are not typified, as you say. And on the other side, we want to use nature-based solutions. So the idea of producing a soil which is able, a perfect soil, uh, it depends on the basics that you have for this soil, depends on the place that you are working, but uh, producing the soil that is able to enhance the removal of these contaminants, it's naturally done. You don't, need en you don't need energy because it's down gradient, mm -hmm. and it's a process that it's very interesting to be used. Now, looking at this, creating soil, this is something most people don't think about. When they look out, it's actually, it's dirt. It's something that's very compacted, sometimes for thousands of years. There's little to no moisture penetrating that, and there's no oxygen, so there's, it's really dead soil, right? And so how do we recharge that so we're recreating these literally billions of life forms that we need in the dirt to actually turn that into soil so that we're doing this again all in a natural way so we're improving the entire environment for all beings which means human, animal and mm -hmm. plants as well as the microorganisms so that we have a balanced nature. Actually, what we think that the soil might be dead, the soil is very much alive. We have a very big density of microorganisms in each gram of soil mm -hmm. due to the decomposition of leaves, of uh, small animals, etc. And this creates an environment which is very enriching in the sense that the soil, the first layers of the soil, they are really very much able to retain contaminants. Mm -hmm. Uh, due to the possibility of degradation and absorption. A lot of uh, metals, a lot of uh, uh, hydrocarbons, they can be retained to this uh, organic part of the soil. The soil or the, the geology that is beneath this uh, first layer, which is very rich, has less oxygen, as you're saying, and microorganisms. And what is beautiful about this is that some of the pharmaceuticals, for example, uh, degrade better in aerobic conditions, some in anaerobic conditions, mm -hmm. so more or less oxygen. And if you do these ponds that we were uh, talking about of infiltration, if you do them in a sequence, you can remove some pollutants in the first sequence. We play with these conditions of redox uh, and uh, acidity of the soil, etc. And then we go to the second pond in which we remove the other ones. So. In, in reality, we are learning with nature and playing with nature conditions in order to make the perfect system using a nature-based solution because nature is telling us mostly everything we need to know. Mm -hmm. Looking at this as far as the uh, urbanization, and we're almost running out of time, but urbanization where more and more people are going into uh, urban areas. How do we find this soil? How do we find these areas where we can have these ponds? So we're recreating this new water mm -hmm. out of the wastewater that we already have to enhance the amount of potable water, drinking yeah. water, that's gonna be available to more and more urbanized people. 
This is a very interesting question and the concept of sponge cities is nowadays on the table more and more. Mm -hmm. So we need to make our cities more pervious, we need to mm -hmm. make them more green to retain oxygen, to uh, reduce the, the islands of heat during summer. And uh, we, we can also create our own vegetables inside the city. So the idea is to create green corridors which have biodiversity uh, and, uh, and increase the amount of water. So you can reject part of the water inside your own city, for instance, throughout these possibilities. You can retain flood waters in the city. Cities are very impervious. You can do parking lots that are pervious. So there is a set of solutions that are being used more and more. And the concept of sponge cities, uh, it's something really interesting because you are not rejecting and not making the water a problem, but a solution. Because you can infiltrate, increase uh, water, irrigate green areas with this water that you save, etc. That's fantastic. Sponge cities. I love that concept. You like? Well, I have to, yes, we'll have to explore that uh, more and more. So looking at the sponge city, this is something we're going in. So we're running out of time. What do you see as for the need for sponge cities? And we have about 20 seconds left. Uh, it's a very important concept. So it's to try to keep in the place what is produced in the place. Okay. And that's the main issue. Well, thank you very much. This is Dr. Teresa Leto. She is in hydrology and environment at Lenec and uh, Lisbon, Portugal. Thank you for being with us as we create the Emerald Planet. Hello, I'm Dr. Sam Hancock of Emerald Planet, Emerald Planet TV, and we're coming to you live from Lisbon in the country of Portugal of the European Union. Thank you for being with us as we're looking at a very dynamic country on, within the European Union that's having a great impact as far as civil engineering, the green, built environment, green space, and the future of protecting the environment, both the built space and the natural environment. I have someone sitting right beside me. This is Dr. Anna Cristina Fieri, and she's in the Department of Transportation. Transportation is something that's critical to the future of a planet that's growing to 9 billion people by 2050, and maybe 12 to 13 billion by the end of this century. And not only do we need the, uh, the health, the welfare, the education, the food, uh, all these things that make a difference, but at the same time, how we're gonna move 9 billion people around this planet. And this is something that uh, Dr. Fieri is working on, has been dedicating her professional life to. And thank you for being with us on the Emerald Planet. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's great being at Lenec. We know much about it through your colleague. Yes. And uh, this is really a very dynamic place. But looking at transportation, how is that changing as we're becoming really more of a built environment across the globe? And uh, you know, nations that have developed economies and the emerging markets such as the African continent, how is transportation feeling and uh, being fed into this whole situation as far as providing the infrastructure for transportation. Yes, of course, uh, road network, it's very important for the develop development of a country. It allow us to reach two points that in uh, 20, 30 years ago, kept for uh, a day for a trip, and now we can do it on two hours, one hour uh, trip. So it's very important. And there are different levels of approach One uh, in what concerns uh, uh, road network. You have the developing countries that are uh, concerned now with use of new recycled materials mm -hmm. as an, an alter alternative to the materials that are applied. Of course, there is another approach for those countries that are still on the path to be developed and they need real and new one, uh, new roads mm -hmm. that are very important to accessibilities to allow everyone to have access to the to water, to uh, medical cares, and other uh, facilities. Yes. So we are having now uh, 
at a different level uh, for both countries, for mm -hmm. both types of countries. Mm -hmm. At the national level, uh, in Portugal, we are already concerned with the recycling materials. Now, looking at the whole thing of transportation, we're talking about roads, but really in these developing countries, many of them are leaping time because they have a very rapid expanding uh, population base, particularly on the African continent, and uh, also through Southeast Asia and in Latin America. So how do you factor in the roads, uh, the shipping ports for you know ocean traffic, and also airports, which are becoming more and more demand for air travel? Well, uh, you must take in, in consideration now a new approach regarding those different kinds of transportation. That it, it means the intermodality. Mm -hmm. So you have the four types of uh, transport that has to be water, air, road, and railway. So it's in, important in all these countries mm -hmm. to um, make them together and to uh, improve the mobility. Now it's a new approach that we have it's not only the infrastructure as itself to allow to develop the countries, but it is the intermobility between the different modes of transportation. So it is very important to complete all of them. Now looking at this, one of the things that if you look at the, the Paris Accord and the development of environmental protection around the globe, many of your developing countries actually have embraced this very eagerly. They want to be sure that they're not being impeded as far as developing the basic infrastructure and providing the needs for their people because they have, again, a rapidly expanding population basis. But yet they're actively embracing this into the development plans that they're putting together. Why do you think such developing nations are doing this maybe more advanced than some of the developing countries, or the developed countries. I think it is important to learn with the mistakes that were done by other countries. It mm -hmm. is important. I think our role as uh, being part of uh, European community or other countries that are at least at another uh, developing level, it's to give information, to give advice, to give uh, technical uh, uh, support to those countries that they can uh, begin or develop their uh, infrastructures, networks, on a, a, a much better way without doing the same mistakes. We, but perhaps we have done by using uh, raw materials everywhere when we can use recycled materials or uh, not preparing the roads for the development of the countries mm -hmm. in what concerns for the traffic solicitations. Mm -hmm. That's important to do. Now looking at this whole thing, uh, we've had conversations with your colleagues here as far as what's called new water. So we're taking used water, it could be gray water, brown water, turning it into purified water because yes. it's going to have to be drunk because we only have a certain amount of that. But you're talking about it's repurposing materials so in, in any way anymore there's no waste. Everything has to be reused in yes. a new and different approach. So when you're looking at the developing countries, is there any resistance to the fact of we're not just going to use uh, raw materials in the state that we were doing 100, 150 years ago as far as the developed world? Or are they embracing this whole notion of new materials coming out of repurposed uh, natural resources? Well, I think it's still difficult for them to be at that kind of approach. Mm -hmm. You know, at a European level, the final goal is to have zero landfill. It means that there is zero no... Zero waste. Zero waste. Right. Zero waste on landfill. So it means that all the material can be recycled several times mm -hmm. uh, so we can apply multiple recycling. We can use it and reuse it and reuse it uh, until the end, until it doesn't exist. So it is very important, that, that goal. But for the developing countries, it's still difficult to, be, uh, to, to promote that kind of uh, goal. It's still difficult. I think it's, it's, a, it's a job that we have. I think it could be one of our um, major uh, purpose for us to bring to them uh, and to give that information that we we still we already have mm -hmm. that's it's very important the people i've talked to and i i meet you know since i, I met your uh, colleague about 3 years ago in astana 
and learn more about Portugal. It seems there's a special place for Portugal as far as the world is concerned. It's a smaller nation, smaller population base, yet it seems to reach way beyond its borders as far as what it's doing. Uh, the education of its people yeah. is, is very key and important. So how do you see Lenec as an institution and Portugal as a nation going beyond its borders and really contributing more in this area of transportation and how to rethink of transportation maybe in a very different dynamic way than we've been thinking about over the last 10 to 15, maybe 100 years? Yes, I think uh, Lenec can give its contribution and it's doing it because uh, as a, a research institute, we make part of several associations at the Europe European level mm -hmm. and even uh, in other countries, uh, in Europe, in America, in the United States, in Asia, etc. And we give our contribution with other uh, laboratories, trying to rethinking, mm -hmm. rethinking the future, rethinking mobility and rethinking uh, transport infrastructures. Uh, May, most of it based on um, mobility as a service, mm -hmm. so it's another approach. It means uh, not you not having everyone doesn't need to have a car, but we need a service. We just need a, a, a service that pick up us from one point to the destination. So this is the next level, and we are participating in giving our contribution on this approach. You're, you're actually already embracing and entering what's called the shared community or yes. shared space. Yes. And so automobiles, uh, housing, I mean, there's so many things that's actually now working in this shared space. How do you at Lenec define this concept of shared space, shared resources, and how do you see that impacting where we're going in the 21st century? I think it's the right way. My personal opinion, it's the right way. It's, it's impossible to continue uh, uh, buying and having things just to have a car, just to have a house. The, the, I think the final goal is to, to share and uh, to, to give and uh, fa facilitate the service that allows everyone to have the same access to that uh, facility, you know? That's the only way I think it's the future. Something we've not talked about, we've talked about seaports and airports and rail and roads. What about drones and using the air, using the space around us in a very different way that we've never used it before, that through this new technology that maybe a Lenec and a Portugal can lead the way in? How do you see Yes, as you your organization doing that. Yes, as you know, there is a sector of ours that already has the drone and works on that area, our, our colleague. And for uh, its application from the infrastructure point of view, it's very important for us because it, it can allow us to make some inspection, for instance, on these infrastructures uh, for roads, for airfields, for uh, railways with safety without compromising the techniques that will don't need to be there mm -hmm. and it allow us to go further and to have more information and to act or uh, take decisions uh, on real time that in another way it will be difficult to do it. Because of the work that you're doing in a Portuguese uh, speaking world, you know, many of these are emerging market countries and we're going to exit on this question. How do you see the, the unique relationships that you have that the drones and the use of this new space may be going to these countries at it maybe in a faster rate than many developed countries? It could be a good, uh, an ex excellent tool to apply to those countries because sometimes there are places that are not so accessible and we can get information and present them information that they don't have and that could help them to decide for uh, other uh, for further works uh, to continue i think drones can be the future transportation yes, is yes also on transportation area of mm -hmm. course what do you see for yourself over the next 5 or 10 or 15 years well for myself be quick i work on the area of recycled materials i i, I will keep going on trying to transmit the importance uh, of these materials of and their use in uh, roads and their fields. Yeah, thank you very much for being with thank us you very as much. we create the Emerald Planet.
Hello, I'm Dr. Sam Hancock of Emerald Planet, Emerald Planet TV. We're coming to you live from Lisbon in Portugal, which is part of the European Union. And we're talking about all aspects of the Portuguese history, as well as what it's doing now in current research and development of the green infrastructure, the green space, bringing water, renewable energy, and transportation to many nations around the globe. But at the same time, it has a very long cultural history that we're going to be talking about, and it's quite a unique topic as far as a cultural heritage and a cultural structure. And so I've been learning from my, uh, my professor sitting right beside me. This is Dr. Jao Manuel Mimoso. He is the, in the Department of Structures and was sharing with me about uh, these very unique tiles and building materials that were been used for hundreds of years. It's totally unique to Portugal, but now is being expanded around the globe as a cultural heritage and actually inviting more and more people here. So tell us a little bit about Lenec and why this emphasis on something that goes back five or six hundred years and now it's leaping into the 21st century as an important cultural resource but also an economic resource for the country of Portugal. Well, uh, Lenec has a very wide scope and we work also with materials and we work also with old materials, uh, heritage uh, materials. I'm now working with with uh, what we call azulejos, which are uh, maiolica tiles, and they were introduced in Portugal in the 16th century, and we got a sort of a, a, a love case with them, and we still use them, and it's very interesting because in Portugal they have evolved, and each century uh, they took a number of uh, avatars, if if you can say so, but uh, in the beginning they were just like those used in Flanders or in Spain or in Italy but then they took a national uh, 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 facies and uh, and what is interesting in that is that you can follow our our history through the panels of Azulejo and they were integrated in our architecture and that's a, a, a a heritage asset that is quite unique to, uh, to us. Now, uh, many uh, countries have what's uh, been expanded over the last 20 or 30 years, ecotourism. But yet you have this uh, new idea as far as cultural materials tourism, bringing people into Portugal to look at this, which goes to religion, education, culture, uh, even into food and fashion. Yes. So how was all this exhibited in these very early days as far as the Portuguese uh, society is concerned? And then how are you actually taking this as a, in a sense, a new technology into the 21st century to introduce Portugal to the world? Well, in the, in the, in the first times, uh, they were there just because uh, uh, people had a fancy for them. They were easy to decorate uh, uh, churches and uh, uh, nowadays they are still conserved and we understand that uh, because they are unique it's a source of economic uh, development of clean economic development if uh, it is used uh, to uh, increase cultural tourism in areas of the country that are uh, that are little uh, visited because our our tourists usually come to the coast but when we come to uh, the, um, the uh, cultural uh, uh, heritage, the interior is very rich. Mm-hmm. So w- if we can show it to, to them, if they are interested in, go them, in, in going there, when they go there to visit, the, they also eat there, they will sleep there. So it's a clean way, it's a green way, if you want, to develop e- economically those, uh, those regions. And by developing uh, them this way, you also cut the way to other ways of development that would be not green. Now, the whole thing about it, I, th- I find this absolutely fascinating when you were uh, sharing this information with me because more and more people are, are coming and investing in Portugal. Many more people, particularly European Union, are retiring here. So you have real stresses on these urban areas along the coast. And so there's, uh, you know, almost a pushback from some of the population. You know, we're not being able to afford our own country 
Uh, we're putting stresses as far as water, sanitation, even food supply and all that. Uh, but yet, you're saying is that we can now start drawing people away from the coast and have an environmentally sound development by going into these more rural, remote areas. Yes. So looking at these smaller communities, what do they bring to the table as far as development and, and um, environmental balance of the nation by having this new emphasis on this new cultural structures? Well, as 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 I said, it it is a clean way of development, and that's <coughs> and that's very very important. And also, it is known that uh, uh, towns or villages that have um, uh, a monumental uh, heritage, that have a heritage, they are uh, more uh, pacific, and they are a more uh, pleasant place where to, where to live. But uh, very often the, po the populations themselves are not aware of their heritage. So mm -hmm. part of the work is telling them, you see, you have these, you have always seen these. But, other, uh, but for other people, this is something very new and, uh, and, and, and very interesting and you should be proud of it. And they are uh, uh, not only proud of what they have, but, but also of the old technologies they still use. And they get uh, the notion that it is something very unique, mm -hmm. uh, very valuable, and that they can show to others, and they sometimes they can also make a living out of it. Mm -hmm. Looking at these uh, smaller rural communities, this is something that uh, many people, even looking across the European, they you know they know the major cities, the capital cities, but yet there's really there's thousands of these small communities that have these rural uh, cultural structures this very deep, rich, old history. So how is Lenec taking this and leveraging this knowledge that you've now discovered yourself through your research is now being able to share this not only around the European Union, but really around the globe? That will be the <coughs> next step and uh, uh, what our former government uh, intended to, uh, to, uh, to, to do, and I presume this one will do the same, is that we were going to ask for uh, the inclusion of uh, Portuguese-styled uh, buildings as uh, in the UNESCO uh, heritage list. Mm -hmm. And that is a very good way to uh, uh, promote them and to show all the world what they are and, uh, and, uh, and their specific interests. Mm -hmm. So uh, that is the tool we have in mind. Now, looking at this, uh, we're going to show some of these uh, photographs of this, these cultural sites. What is the uniqueness about this? What is it about the style, the materials, uh, how they were even made that is so uh, different and unique to Portugal? Uh, the, unique, the uniqueness is that they managed to integrate them, for instance, into the insides of churches. And they constructed uh, an environment that you can't find anywhere else, because you are there, uh, the, the, and the church is all gold and blue, and blue are the tiles, and the tiles show, for instance, uh, 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 the walls are turned into a garden where you see people. They are players in. They don't move, but they are there, and you feel like you can cross the wall and meet them in the garden where they are. So it's a totally new environment. It's something most people never saw, and it's really uh, worth seeing. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, people uh, around the globe that watch the Umbrella Planet TV, how do you think they should be looking at these uh, unique tiles, these heritage sites, and how to, for them themselves to become more engaged in this, to learn about you know what is unique here that they maybe can never see in any other place on the planet? Well, they should do the same I did in the United States. They should rent a car and run through the country, go to the interior, to small places. They have to read about them, and then they will look for the places where no one else goes. Mm -hmm. And that's the way. Yeah. So in other words, find where all the tourists are and get at least 50 miles away from it. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> how I do my, my trips. Yeah. Now, looking at Lenec, uh, you have this emphasis on uh, structures, on materials, all this. This is actually your, your background and your mm -hmm. PhD and all that. 
How is it actually morphing uh, the new materials? And let's move away from this cultural for just a little bit. How are you emphasizing new materials to make the buildings in Portugal and other places uh, much more energy efficient, less greenhouse gas emissions, and making it more important for meeting and the Paris Accord to reduce climate change and greenhouse gas emissions? Yes, uh, we are running as a business. And uh, as a business, uh, all those, those studies usually have a, a, a source of, of funding. And we follow three sources of funding. The European Union, uh, the National Funding uh, Foundation, that gives money for that, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the industry. And yes, we are following a number of lines of research to develop new products with that funding. And it's, it's good to have that, that. It's not only to get the money, but because when you win a, a proposal, it means it is good. Because there was a team outside who read it and said, say, this is a good idea. We should fund this. Mm -hmm. So we are very eager to uh, do research on that basis because it has been screened and we know it will be valuable. To running out of time, every time we get together we run out of time, but looking at this and moving beyond the, the cultural materials and the cultural structures, you're working now more and more to bring new materials for uh, addressing climate change, energy efficiency, reducing of greenhouse gases. What do you see for the growth and development Linec over the next 5, 10, or 15 years in order to address these, this new need for more energy efficiency, but also at the same time to protect the environment? Well, uh, what we do is that we make uh, proposals about studies that have to uh, be done and they are screened externally. So that when they are accepted, we know they should be. It's that it's 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 a good idea. It can bring uh, good results because we are not, if I may say, looking at our own belly. We are uh, putting the the idea externally, and they will see if it is uh, uh, good or not. And it it pertains to uh, to uh, materials themselves, to finishings also, and in the case of cultural heritage, uh, to green restoration. Thank you very much, and thank you for being with us as we come to you from Lisbon and Portugal as we create the Emerald Planet.